Crime Wire, a program dedicated to bringing attention to unsolved crimes and educating the public about various types of crimes and how to avoid becoming a victim. If you'd like to submit a case to Crime Wire or suggest a topic for a future show, please email us at thenewcrimewire at gmail.com. My name is Denny Griffin, and on today's show, my host, co-host Delilah Jones and I are going to talk with Gloria Maynard about the unsolved murder of her then 20-year-old daughter, Lisa Gondek. Lisa had moved out of the family home in Connecticut and in 1981 was living in Oxnard, California with a friend. On December 12th, she was found strangled to death in the bathtub of her apartment. Her body had been posed erotically and the apartment had been set on fire. 20 years later, DNA testing led to a chilling development. 20-year-old Rachel Zendejas, who had been found raped and strangled to death in nearby Camarillo, California on January 18, 1981, and Lisa had been murdered by the same person. The only other link between the two murders was that both Lisa and Rachel had been in a Huntington's nightclub within hours of their deaths, and their killer remains at large. Gloria, welcome to Crime Wire. Thank you. Um, to begin with, would you please tell our listeners about your daughter, uh, what kind of girl she was, what she was doing, and how she came to be living in Oxnard? Uh, Lisa was a very outgoing girl. She actually had had her 21st birthday in November and was killed in December. But she was a hairdresser, and um, she wasn't doing too well. It's hard to get started in that field, and she wasn't doing too well. And her her best friend joined the Navy, and she uh, so she kept asking her to come out. She was stationed in California, and she asked, kept asking her to come out. So she went just for a visit, but then she really loved it out there, and she got a job that she enjoyed, and so she decided to stay. So her uh, the friend she was sharing the apartment with was the sailor? Yeah, but not at the time of the uh, that Lisa was murdered. After she got there, um, her girlfriend got married, and then she moved in with um, two other people. Um, okay. had an apartment with two other people. Okay. Uh, did Are you aware, uh, through your conversations or contacts with Lisa, uh, that she was having any problems with anyone, or was, did everything seem to be going well for her? No, she seemed very happy, and um, she had met a boy that she was really interested in, and um, I don't know this from Lisa because she told me about the boy, but she didn't tell me how serious it was. But after she died, he contacted us a few times, and apparently it was getting serious. Um, and he was never a suspect. He was in the Navy, too. And um, But they did have a suspect right away, but it wasn't him. Okay, and the suspect that they had right away obviously didn't pan out. It, it it turned out not to be him and the the sailor the 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 friend the boyfriend uh it wasn't him either so uh, no. he, you said he was never a suspect no no okay um do you know much about the suspect they had or how they happened to pick or 
or think uh, that first one was the uh, was involved? No, I don't know much about him except that they were positive it was him. Uh, apparently, Lisa went to this um, Huntington's nightclub with a married couple and one other guy, this guy, and he was just a casual friend. Her boyfriend was on duty that night and he couldn't leave the post. So um, she went with them and apparently he dropped or he followed her home they said on a motorcycle and um, so right away the the two policemen that were investigating were positive with him. They, I don't think they ever even looked for anybody else because they were so sure it was him. And as it turned out, you know, years later with DNA, it wasn't him. Um, so do you think they had, uh, if, if uh, I remember from the O.J. Simpson case, the term rush to judgment? Uh, so you think the, the officers, the detectives investigating Lisa's murder focused in on this one individual and and really didn't look anyplace else definitely definitely there were so many things they didn't do like they never went to that huntington's to um even after 20 years later after they found out dna that he had killed uh, another girl they still never went and interviewed the guy that owned it which didn't seem right to me because it seemed to me that if there was someone hanging around bothering girls, you know, he might have noticed. Not that I, you know, thought that it could be that man, but he might know something, and they never did that. And years later, after it was a cold case, I, um, the one of the detectives that was on Lisa's case turned out to be the chief of police in Oxnard, and I was dealing with another um, detective, and he kept saying they didn't have money to investigate, they didn't have money to go interview this Huntington bar owner. And so I, I called the chief of police and I asked him if he could, if there was some way he could release money so that they could do it. And he said, why would I do that when I know who did it? Yeah. You know, so, so you know, that's how, why I, I think now they were just so sure that they didn't look any further. Now, Gloria, the, the, uh, the other girl that it turned out that, that that the mm-hmm. uh, same person had killed uh, Rachel mm-hmm. uh, had been sexually assaulted. Do you know uh, was Lisa sexually assaulted also? Well, when I first when they first uh, talked to me, they said that she wasn't, but later on they admitted she was raped. Um, and it always seemed like she must have been because she was. Um, you know, posed erotically in the tub. They told me that part, but they didn't, you know. But um, she she bit him, so they had a bite mark evidence before the DNA. And I know that Lisa was brought up with two brothers, and so she was strong, and she could take care of herself. And I know she must have fought very hard because there were bruises, and, you know, like I think she she must have fought him for a long time. So I'm not positive she was raped, but, you know, I think now they say she was. And, and in the beginning they said she wasn't. Um, now, she was in her apartment. Uh, obviously, like you say, she had put up a fight. Mm-hmm. And you said she shared the apartment with two other people. They obviously weren't there at this time. No. Uh, 
and none of the neighbors in the in the apartment building apparently heard the struggle. I'm assuming, or the, or the police would have been called at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did did the police tell you, or do you have any information that uh, the killer uh, broke into the apartment? Was there any signs of a forced entry, or, or does it appear? No, there that... wasn't. No, no. But you know, knowing my daughter, she was very friendly and trusting, and. They used to laugh at me because I locked my car, I locked my house, and they still laugh at me for doing that. Um, so I I wouldn't have been surprised at all if she left the door open and he got in before she got home, or if she if somebody knocked on her door, I know she would have opened it and answered, you know, and and he could have pushed his way in. But no, there wouldn't. There was nothing. You know, the lock wasn't broken. There wasn't any break in. <coughs> Now, you say the police uh, did not interview the owner of Huntington's, or, or mm-hmm. I'm assuming that they never went there, so they wouldn't have interviewed the bartenders, the owner, no, or nobody. waitresses, and so on. Uh, but did they interview the married couple and, and the yes. other person at least was with that night? Yes. They, they were all interviewed, right? And yeah. One was the suspect. Okay. Yeah. Do, yeah. You, do you know if... Um, if they mentioned anything about anybody uh, at the bar trying to hit on her or bothering her at all? No, no. Well, I don't know. You know, if this, I never talked to this married couple. I don't even know their names, but um, I'm assuming the police did, and they never said that. You know. Well, and and the reason they wouldn't, this married couple said that this boy that they were sure did it. Um, said that he was home and they because he lived with them and the police wouldn't take that because they had been drinking at the nightclub so they said it wasn't reliable information so because me, oh i'm sorry no go ahead go ahead i just had a question go ahead and finish up okay. and i'll ask you the question i was going to say they they kept telling me that he was in the navy too and then he went out to sea, and they assured me that they were going to be waiting on the on the shore, and as soon as he came home, he was going to be arrested. And um, I was so upset with the district attorney at the time because he wouldn't sign the warrant, so they couldn't arrest him. And I saw, I kept saying, well, why, you know, and he said... He didn't have, they didn't have enough evidence, and if he took, if they, if he took it to court and lost, they could never charge him again. So he wouldn't do it, and I mean, then you know, years later, I found out he was right. This poor kid didn't do it, and they haunted him for years. Um, That's really a shame. But you know, would they? And I don't know how much investigation they did, but because there was no break and no no signs of forced entry, would that not indicate that she? either let someone in, or maybe it was someone that she knew. Did they do a complete investigation of all of her circle of friends or people she knew? I don't really know. You know, I only know what they told me, and at the time one of the detectives was very friendly, and he would talk to me for as long as I wanted to talk and told me a lot of things that the other detective would say, well, he shouldn't have told you that. So, um, you know, I have no way of knowing that for sure. But I do know there was another thing. There was one of the girls, there was two girls and one 
guy that lived in the apartment with Lisa, and the other girl was gay, and they said that um, at first they told me that she was a suspect because Lisa was so upset she wanted her out because she was gay, and I know that wasn't my Lisa. She wouldn't have cared if you were purple, green, or orange or what. You know, she just didn't care. She was friendly to everybody. And come to find out, and then they told me that it couldn't have been her because she had gone to another state that weekend to visit her mother. And that was a lie. She didn't go. She she never went. But I don't think she did it anyways. Afterwards, when they told me she was raped, well, I, I don't know what you call it if it's – but. I had talked to Lisa about this girl, and the only reason Lisa was upset with her was that when she would come home from work, this girl sometimes would have taken some of her clothes and worn them, and Lisa kept telling her, don't touch my clothes, and that was the argument, the only argument that they had. It's it's been It's been a nightmare. I've been told so many things that turn out not to be true. Let me let me ask you this, Gloria. Have you ever attempted to get copies? Have you ever asked the police department for copies of their investigation file? Yes, and now I, I know I know that because it's an open case, they never close a homicide case; they're always uh-huh. open. And that that because the, it's an open case, the de, the, the department can refuse to provide the information saying they don't want to jeopardize an ongoing investigation. So I know that can happen, but I was wondering if you've ever attempted to get their file or get access yes, to their Yes, they have, file. and they, they definitely refused. And I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Henry Lee, the uh, forensic. He's, he oh, yes, was, sir. Yes. He was he somehow involved in the in the um, OJ case, but anyways, he's famous and he's from Connecticut. And I had a gentleman from um, our senator's office at the time helping me, and another state policeman from Connecticut that was trying to help me. And they they've contacted them often. And Dr. Lee offered free service, and they wouldn't accept it. They wouldn't take it. And I called the FBI, and they said they couldn't unless the police department asked them to. They couldn't help. but So I asked them if they would take their help, and they said no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do that, and they wouldn't release anything to me, and no one else could get them until the case did, was closed. Did they say, did the Oxnard PD, did they give you any reason for turning down the uh, the offer from Henry Lee or the, the not asking the FBI to give him a hand? No, no, just that they, you know, that it, it, it was their case and they didn't want to help. Delilah, have you heard of such a thing before? I've never... I, I've, yeah. I've heard of agencies protecting their turf and, and so on and so forth, but when you have a double homicide here, Lisa and the, the Rachel, uh, I, I, you know, I'm having trouble getting my head around why, what reason they could possibly have for not wanting to accept the offer of, you know, a free pro bono uh, involvement of Henry Lee, somebody of his caliber, or uh, de- declined to ask the FBI for assistance if the FBI apparently was willing to provide it. Yeah, I yes, I I've run across this several times with especially 
police departments that maybe aren't all that large. They, why they do this, I don't know, but there does seem to be a territorial protection somehow. Yeah. And it could be this. It could be there's something in those files that shows that they were very negligent in the very beginning and, and onward. And they they don't they would rather have an unsolved case than have that go public. But I would I was, think after yeah. all of these years, most of those people would be gone by now. Oh, the two detectives, the original ones, are both dead. They both died. Um, you know, also, that Rachel's case was the sheriff's county office, Ventura County, and Lisa was the Oxnard police, and they wouldn't even talk to each other. <laughs> um, I've heard of that before, I was, too. I, I, I have. Yeah. In fact, not too long ago, a uh, client of mine had a case with two different jurisdictions, two different states, and information was actually put into the database incorrectly, misspelled. And it, it took two or three days to straighten it all out, and then they would speak to each other, and you know the other one would take over. But it's unfortunate, but it's not that uncommon. Well, I tend to think... Uh... I don't know if you recall the Patrick Russ case, the the soldier from Fort Drum in uh, Watertown, yeah. New York. Uh, yeah. That involved three jurisdictions, the military, uh, uh, city police department, the county sheriff's department. And that turned out to be a real nightmare. I mean, you know, getting into uh, uh, the territorial protection and, and and so forth. And I, I agree with you, Delilah. I think a lot of times when you have these issues of lack of cooperation, it can be because the handling agency, there's something in those files that would indicate perhaps the investigation uh, at the outset was not up to speed and was not what it should have been. And rather than have the embarrassment, potential embarrassment of having a another agency come in and find uh, some shortcomings, they would rather let a murderer walk, it seems. They're, they're just that steadfast in, in not wanting somebody in their files. Well, those people should have a child taken away from them like I did. Yes. Uh, and now, according to what I'm hearing here, then the – the current status of of your daughter's case, I don't know about Rachel's, but but of Lisa's case, is that it's it's an open case, but maybe an in, inactive. In, in like I say, they can't, they never close a homicide. Uh-huh. It's always open, but a lot of times they would go to an inactive status. In other words, they're not doing anything with it. It's right. just there. And should somebody happen to call in with more information, they would do something. But they're not actively seeking clues or or seeking a resolution would as far as you know uh, glory is that the status of lisa's case i think so i the the detective that i used to talk to in the oxnard police department it now works in the da's office and now they told me that because off and on over the years they would say they're not working on cold cases they don't have any money then they would get a grant and they were working on cold cases again and according to this detective that I was talking to, now the cold cases are handled by the DA's office, and um, he said, 
We're not actively work. This was a few years ago. We're not actively working on Lisa's case, but he wanted me to know that it was on his desk, and he would, you know, if there was anything he could do about it, he was he was still actively working on it himself. Um, he told me the last time I talked to him that they felt they knew who did it, and he was dead, and they wanted to exhume his body, but they didn't have enough evidence to exhume his body, and that was the last I heard. In fact, I didn't even call anymore. I um, I go through spells where I have to do something, and then I go through spells where I think, you know, it's never going to happen, and I just got to try to forget that part of it. Uh, when was the last time you spoke with that detective? Oh, probably two years, two or three years ago. But I do have some people out in California that are still trying to help me, and they're calling. Um, this, the, like I said, the, the, the man, I called the senator's office when this first happened to see if they would help me, and I, I just happened to get a, a wonderful man who has been helping me for 34 years now, and he also got this... Um, state policeman in Connecticut to help, and he's retired too now, but they still help. And they know some fairly influential people out in California that are supposedly working on it right now, but I don't, you know, I I, I don't know what they're doing. or they're, well, Actually, one of them, what he's trying to do is get something released so he can look at it. Yeah, and uh, I'm afraid that's going to be a very tough job. Uh, yeah. You know, once they uh, – what do you think, Delilah, about that, uh, the chances of getting something released, given what apparently the uh, police department's attitude is? Well, could they not file a Freedom of Information Act? These uh, – my Has understanding that is that, that these uh, open cases are exempt from FOIA. Uh, okay, that's something I didn't know. You know yeah, and, and it's difficult at best, and you know, unless they can, unless someone who's helping you can persuade someone in the Oxnard Police Department to either discuss this case, let them see the files, let them see what's what's there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know how it could possibly move forward. I think that's what he's trying to do right now. And he was in the um, police work years and years ago and and ended up in, uh, I don't know if he retired as something in a, in a police department and now works in security on a, you know, a high level. So he might have some influence, I don't know. But, you know, I, I grasp at straws and I'll take anybody's help that will help me. Um, I, I think uh, I'm kind of winging it here. I haven't spent a lot of time. I'm just uh, getting these thoughts as we're talking. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the key to moving forward, getting this thing off the dime, would would be to get these records, get get the uh, the autopsy report. I mean, obviously, the one would have been done in a homicide case, or at least should have been done. Um, get the autopsy report and get the police files about who they talked to and you know what they've done. Their their investigative report and the whole file, any notes they took, that all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, 
and and getting access to it. And you know, I'm, let me just throw this idea out. Um, if the police department uh, is kind of dug in its heels and is not interested in releasing information to anyone or accepting any outside assistance, uh, the only way to to get this uh, stuff. Uh, maybe to try to get the media involved and exert some kind of media, you know, pressure uh, by arousing the public. Uh, what do you think about that idea, Dee? Do you think that might be a way to uh, try to kind of move things along? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, after this amount of time, anything is going to be a, a step forward. Um, you know, it's 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 just unconscionable that this would go on as long as it has. Um, no, I understand not being able to exhume this person's body, but would, I guess, depending on his circumstances, the suspect, um, would they not have some sort of DNA somewhere that they could test and be sure? You know what they told me about DNA? Because uh, I thought for a while, too, that um, this person murdered two girls, you know, violently. He must have been sick. And he wouldn't stop it, too. And I wondered if he got caught somewhere before DNA, you know, so they wouldn't have known that Rachel and Lisa were the same, but killed by the same person. And they were in prison. But they told me that in California they do take DNA from the prisoners when they're released, not when they go in, which doesn't make any sense to me. But they were supposed to be changing the law. And eventually they would they would do DNA on all the prisoners that they had. Only thing is there was no money for it. You know, a lot of these laws are great, except there's no money, so they never get anywhere. And that was this, the last uh, I heard about that. You know, you know, they said this uh, this latest suspect was deceased. Um, what I'm wondering is, I, I don't know you know, the details about how he, why it is he was a suspect or any any of that. But if he was, you know, if they were on to him for a while or if, when he was still alive, mm-hmm. uh, you'd think that, you know, he had to live somewhere. He would have had a toothbrush or, you know, his yeah. apartment or house uh, would have had yeah. something, his comb would have had hair uh, in it. That, that seems there would have been somewhere if they were on to him and watching him, uh, investigating him while he was still alive, uh, that as soon as he died, they could have yeah. maybe gotten access to uh, <laughs> to to something he had, you know, some way to get DNA that way. Um, All these I, you things know, seem to make sense to everybody but the police department. Over the years, I've had a lot of um, publicity from the media. You know, someone, I would contact someone in one of the, TV stations or radio stations, and they would put something on. And some things that, um, like, um, there's a, a group, um, billboards out in California, and I wanted to do that, and they said no. They didn't want that because they said that would scare somebody away. That was always their answer. You don't want to do anything to scare the, the person away. So I listened to the police and didn't do it. Um, but, yeah, it's just, just did, nothing. Lori, did they tell you, did they did they just suggest you don't do it, or did they, or did they uh, tell you 
they were not going to let you do it. In other words, were they going to say for some reason it would violate some type of ordinance or law that they wouldn't let you do it? Or no, did they, they just, just ask you? Yeah, they just convinced me that it wasn't a good idea because if, if the person was in the area, it would scare them away. Well, I, I, I don't know. I'm st- I'm having trouble <laughs> accepting yeah, all this. Yeah, I know. Stuff. You know, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, uh, Delilah, what are your thoughts here? I, I, was that Citizens Against Homicide, these California I, people, I, the billboards? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think something's wrong, <laughs> definitely. Something's wrong within this police department to, you know, to just push away every every avenue t- to bring in clues. I mean, that's definitely what you want a billboard up for is to bring in tips and clues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would be concerned, are they are they getting tips or have they been getting tips? And if they are, are they following through on them in, a, in a, an effective way? Um, you know, once it was considered a cold case, they um, they uh, their, their stock answer was there was no money. And um, so I... I wrote a letter to the Attorney General of California and asked him why there couldn't be money, you know, for for cold cases because I told them about my daughter and couldn't something be done. And apparently they went down to the Oxnard Police Department and investigated what was going on. And then the next time I called the detective that I was talking to, he was so mad at me and he said he would never talk to me again, which these two gentlemen that I'm that I told you keep, I do a lot of work for me, said they just couldn't believe that a police department would do that. No, that's it was so unprofessional. You, you know, the, the uh, what would it be, the 35th anniversary of uh, of Lisa's murder is coming up here, right, in uh-huh. a right. couple of months, right. month December. and a half. I'm just wondering uh, if if that might be a hook to re reinterest the news media locally out there in uh, in California you know with the 35th anniversary aspect of it. it's been 35 years with no resolution and, and maybe get a reporter or reporters interested from that aspect of it to because after 35 years probably some of the original reporters are long since gone Oh right, and right. don't even know. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't even know about what happened 35 years ago. Uh, I'm just thinking. What do you think? The is a possibility of maybe getting some local news people interested from the 35th anniversary thing. Absolutely, absolutely. I would do something with media on that. Any type of a uh, a, a date like that is important, and I think they would be interested in reporting on it and you never know you, some of these investigative journalists get get their hooks into a case like this and they can find out more information than the police can because mm-hmm. you know they don't have to follow the same rules so mm-hmm. i always always like to have a journalist in my pocket because you never know when something like this could happen and and how they can use it um I would definitely say if if you possibly can do some sort of media campaign or at least write up a press release and send it to every you know every media outlet within a hundred miles of there and uh, get some attention. I, I think with 
for me, I just think it's unconscionable for them not to want any attention on this case. Who are they going to scare off now? I mean, the original investigators are dead. The suspect they're saying who did it is dead. And everybody around this case is probably dead. So, you know, why can't we move forward with it? Why can't we get something going in the name of justice and in the name of resolution for you, her mother? Uh, Speaking of that, uh, do you have any contact with anyone from Rachel's family? I've talked to her brother quite often, but I haven't in the last um, probably five or six years because I just felt the last time I emailed him, he didn't email me back. And he was having a real tough time. She came from a family of um, I don't know how many children, but anyways, he was the only one that was trying to to get Rachel's case resolved and he I guess he sat he lives in California so he sat at the police department a lot they were they were upset with him most of the time but um <laughs> he and he he felt the reason he felt so guilty because he, Rachel lived with him and Rachel had um one or two little girls and they lived together and she, she went out and um he went out too so they got a babysitter for the kids and when they came back he was home but she took the kids the babysitter home and when she came back that she got attacked in the garage and and raped and murdered in the garage and he felt he should have took the babysitter home he shouldn't have let her go out you know well everybody finds a reason to blame themselves when something like this happens but um he wanted so badly to get this solved before his mother and father died, and they have both since passed away. And and um, so I just, the one he didn't answer me, I didn't call him anymore because I thought if he's oh. getting over it, I didn't didn't want to bring it up anymore. Um, let me, uh, Delilah, let me just run this, uh, direct this to you. Um, do you think that if Gloria was able to to hook up again with uh, with Rachel's brother? And they, because it's uh, the 35th year, even though the actual date has passed, she was in January, but uh, the 35th anniversary for her as well. Do you think maybe a joint press release or something? You got two murders here. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I think whatever they can do together is just going to make this issue even stronger because the issue is you have a 35 year old cold case here. You're getting no cooperation from the original police department and moving forward over 35 years. They have not been cooperative. They have not given, they have not taken um, pro bono help from one of the nation's leading experts and who knows what else. But, I mean, I wouldn't go on the attack of the police department because that's not going to get you anywhere. So I think... And and another thing that you might consider, um, I know a lot of police departments in a lot of jurisdictions now have cold case investigative unit. Um, That's something. And then you might check around and see if there's anything in that locality. If there is not, um, you might want to check or or send the case, whatever you know about it, to um, Cheryl McCollum. 
at Cold Case Investigative Research Institute in Atlanta. Um, it's a student-based volunteer organization, but they have worked on many high-profile cases and, and a lot of cases that uh, no one's ever heard about, but they you know, just need to uncover some clues and get justice for it. So they might be able to do something for you there. Uh, you know, how quickly anything will happen is, is mm-hmm. you know, no one's going to know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, probably, uh, I, I don't know, Gloria, are you willing to try to contact Rachel's brother again to see what, what his position on this thing is? Yeah, I will. Well, what I'm thinking is, prob- you know, uh, the uh, submitting to the, uh, the McCollum operation there with the cold case investigations is a great idea. Although without any documentation, I don't know how much you know how much that curtails their operation. But I think priority-wise, because of the anniversary date coming up so quickly here, that probably that would be a first priority. That, but there's not much time to get get on that because of the of the timing. It's uh, mm-hmm. you know you got uh, what six or eight weeks or whatever to to uh, come up with something and. D, are there is there anybody uh, who would do you think help like coming up with a press release or uh, or help research to find out you know the the news agencies in that area that type of thing was there anybody that does that pro bono type thing? I don't know of anybody pro bono that does it. Um, it's it's not difficult to find these things. Google is is my best friend. <laughs> and <laughs> as far as press releases goes, you can Google templates for press release. I mean, and you just fill in the blanks kind of thing. Um, you know, you you have to personalize it and figure, you know, put your own voice to it. But it's not a difficult thing to accomplish. And as far as the media outlets there, again, Google, um, just Google media outlets, Oxnard, California, within a hundred miles. So, I mean, it's it's not a difficult search. And that can be done by email, right, Dee? I mean, it, 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 the press release itself could be generated to these places by email. Yes, yes. In fact, you know, that's really about the only way media does it anymore is is by email. But you want to know, you know, you know, you want to know the the specific news outlet, and then you want to get someone in authority like the news director of a TV station or a radio station, um, the editor of the newspaper. And again, all of those are available through just Googling a search. I'm very computer illiterate. (laughs) 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 Every time I try to get on it, it does something and I break it. Um, yeah, I can. I can probably. I can. I have a, a particular site that I use, and I can Google that and send it to you. And it'll okay. give you at least it'll give you the the links to the websites of these media outlets, and then you can get more information that way. For you know, a lot of them now you have to contact them through the website. So it's it's done a lot differently than just. Like yeah. we used to, just print it yeah. out and fax it. That just, yeah. 
And Gloria, if you are successful in getting a hold of Rachel's brother, uh, I'd really love to talk to him. I think Lila and I both, because now you have a different agency there. You have the Sheriff's Department versus uh, Oxnard City PD. But uh, uh, I, I would love to talk to him and, you know, find out what his attitude is maybe uh, because he was dealing with a different agency uh, you know whether he had the same type of experience that you did uh, I don't know but I'd be interested in speaking with him Um, and you know if you if 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 you decide to go this route the publicity route um, for the 35th anniversary um, and you Anything that the crime wire can help you with, all you got to do is give me a call. And, you know, if there's anything we can do to help you out, uh, we okay. certainly will do that. And right. what 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 would you think uh, of we uh, we work to some of the cases that Citizens Against Homicide handle. So we're familiar with the with the people at uh, Citizens. Um, what would you think about? us contacting them to see if uh, they might be able to help you out with the publicity angle of this because they they deal with the police departments and the media. Mm -hmm. So they might have some ideas, too, and they're, of course, California-based. Yeah, yeah. Would you be interested in that? I can have them maybe reach out to you and uh, see if there's anything they they can do to help. Okay, Mm mm-hmm. When, uh, Gloria, do you recall about how many years ago it was with the billboard issue when, when the police department suggested that you don't do it? Was that right oh, after the... Not too long after. I would say not more than five, between five and ten years after. So it's been like 20 years or more oh, since... at least, yeah, at least. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, on, on, uh, on our end here, we'll reach out to... Uh, uh, the current, I don't know who you dealt with by name, but the current um, advocate uh, that we work with is a man named Gene Cervantes, Cervantes. and uh, we'll reach out to him and, and see if he's maybe can talk with you or communicate with you and, and see right. if there's anything they can do to help. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the, this... Uh, I'm frustrated personally, and I don't, you know, I mean, um, with what you're going through, Gloria, what you have gone through, I should say, for 35 years. Uh, yeah. It's uh, uh, it's, it's just in, incredible. And I I have a case I'm working on that I know the family very well, and uh, I'm totally frustrated by that because it's a lot of similarities to what you're going through, and it's... Uh, it, it it just is mind boggling. Yeah, it is, and it's and but you know I found out apparently there's a lot more people in my position. You know that the cases weren't solved, and um, it well, is it's very very frustrating. Yeah, there there are a lot of unsolved. Uh, I think one of the differences is. We talk to people sometimes, and, and their relationship with the investigating agency is good. The, the handling detective, and over the years, sometimes that detective changes. You know, people retire and so forth. But the department and wh- whoever is handling the, that investigation 
keeps in touch periodically. They will call the family, the family member, and say, look, um, we haven't had anything hot lately, but we're trying this, we're trying that, we're still working on it. Um, and they will keep in touch. And they don't turn down offers of assistance. They're they're, they're willing yeah. to do whatever it takes to try to solve the, the case. And like I say, in this case, you got two murders. Um, and... And there's a difference in that respect, even though the case still isn't solved, there's a difference in the handling agency's approach and attitude uh, toward the investigation. And when you get what appears to be a lack of cooperation on the part of Oxnard uh, Police Department and the total refusal to accept any type of help or anything, that that's, that, I mean, it's bad enough to have, an, have no resolution and, you know, an open case. But when you have issues with how the investigation was conducted or is being conducted, on top of that, it re- it really just adds adds to the uh, to the stress and the frustration. Yeah, they never called me. I called them all the time, but they never called me. They didn't even call to tell me that Lisa died. They called the East Hartford Police and in Connecticut, and then the, they called my house to tell me. So you found out by phone, but it wasn't from Oxnard. It was from your No, local. it was from East Hartford Police, yeah. East Hartford. Okay. And well, I'm, my, blood uh, <laughs> my blood pressure's up. <laughs> uh, we're, we're running out of time. We're going to have to end this, okay. but I, I don't want to end, you know, the, the effort. So I will get back to you as soon as okay. uh, we're in touch with Citizens Against Homicide and see if they have any okay. interest or, or want to get involved. And if you would be so kind as to renew your efforts to get a hold of Rachel's brother, yeah, uh, that would I be will. great. And maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'll, after all this time, we can can kind of rekindle this thing and, and get it moving. Um, it seems with that DNA that somehow there ought to be some way to find this person, find the killer. It's it just... Uh, yeah. Like you say, he wouldn't stop at two if he if he was into this. You'd think he'd have had more victims. Right, that's or, what I think. I mean, he wasn't a normal person. Just the way he did it, he wasn't normal. So that's what I think. Okay. Okay. So let's. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't know get, if you were gone or not. <laughs> no, we just got the signal that we're out of time. Okay. So All just, right. Gloria, thank. You. Thank you so much for being here and, and sharing well, this tragic you. story with us. Okay, and I will you. be in touch with you soon. All right, fine, great. And I'll call um, Rachel's brother, and I'll give him your, your email address, and he, he can email you if he's, if he's going to do it. And I think he that's, will. That's great. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank, thank you, so much you for Gloria. Your time, Gloria. And, All right, thank and you. Let's Hope and pray that something comes up and and oh, and I hope so. Work. I hope so. Okay, thank you very much for your help. Okay. Bye. 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 And that's it for now. Until next time, stay safe, and join us again on CrimeWire.
When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal art. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything.